Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators and the same way that i manage my time i need to manage my energy you can get into situations in your life where i've got enough time at the end of the day but i'm out of energy and likewise you can get into a situation where okay i have energy but i don't have any time what i want to do is use all of my time wisely throughout the day and use all of my energy it's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who is currently on the run from the police for breaking Murphy's Law. That's right, friends. The former (laughs) Navy SEAL. (laughs) Garrett Unklebach, a man who doesn't just let things go wrong, he simply gets better. I love it. I, yeah. That's probably one of my favorites. I figured you'd enjoy of that. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Anything that can go wrong, I will change it. There you go. And that, you know what? So I knew you would like that because it really was a compliment to you. But I, this was not meant to be a serious one. There was a couple edits that I made to that. One, I was going to say that you spent the night in jail, but then I was like, hey, there's <laughs> no way they would catch him. So I had to say you were on the run from the police. I have never been arrested, which I'm proud of. And you. I'll just say it's not because they haven't tried. <laughs> I just. Uh, okay anyways i just remember the one time you looked very seriously across me like have you ever been arrested like and you got real serious i was like no what do you suspect that i have like and if you have and you're listening no big deal but like it was just slow is what it means yes but the second one okay the second one the second one that i thought that you would enjoy uh was that that mindset though that because it is a compliment to you that you don't let things go wrong you just go in and change them that really is a mindset that you have and that uh, you've embodied for me that I've anything that can go wrong will go wrong until someone else enters the equation. That's exactly right. And if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah. That's literally like without me as to have my, a lesson. As my father said to me when I was a young man, well, thank God you're there. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Because it was going to go wrong until you entered the yeah. equation. That's such a different thought process. If you're somewhere and you're like, man, this sucks, everything's blowing up, hey, good thing you're there. Yep. And and that, man, that's such a sense of ownership. Man, maybe I should change all my intros to be like, have a lesson with them. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we'll move on from that. Today's topic is energy, budget, and opportunity cost. And gee, there's not one person listening to this in the entire planet Earth who is human that cannot relate to this. This will be applicable for every However, single person. a lot of people haven't heard of it. No. I Well, funny story. Uh, as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast for long, this all started because Garrett used to coach me way back when, before this podcast started. And I remember when we talked about energy budget, I'd never heard it in my life. And this was coming off of years of personal development and all, you know, all sorts of big name people you've heard of, read all the books. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you dropped the energy budget thing for me, it just like blew my mind because it was so logical and it was in hiding in plain sight. And it really put a framework in place for me that I've adopted a number of things since, which we're going to get into. I feel like we're teasing the audience. This is going to be a great episode. This is one of those ones, too, that I like it because it's really not that complicated. Sometimes we get into complicated stuff. Yes. This isn't that complicated, but it's very beneficial. This is a blind spot revealer yeah. episode, I would say. Okay. So let's dive straight in. Well, here's the thing. So energy budget, like what is that? Let me tell you uh, where it shows up. So there was a recent survey by Slack that found that burnout is on the rise globally. Most significantly, shocker, in the U.S., where 43% of middle managers reported burnout. So burnout, mental health, massive issue. Now, you're probably going, okay, well, burnout, whatever. What does that mean? Well, burnout is diagnosed by four symptoms. It's feelings of energy depletion, exhaustion, and fatigue. It's increased mental distance from your job. And it's feelings of negative, negativism, negativ- negativity or cynicism related towards your job. It's reduced professional efficacy. So basically, you're less efficient. Now, how many people out there are listening that can relate to any of those four or all of those four that I just said? I'm guessing there's a lot. I mean, that's middle managers. And like everything rises or falls on leadership. So if you've got a manager who's burnt out, how do you think the people working for him or her feel? Probably, probably not doing any better. I mean, this, this uh, Forbes article also highlighted that over 4 million American workers quit their jobs each month in 2022. That's outstanding. Well, I wouldn't say outstanding. I would say it's a uh, more of an anomaly that's higher than, higher than I'm normal. I'm saying like that's in a that's a crazy statistic. Right, that many people uh, quit their jobs in, uh, per month in 2022. But it's also you know post COVID yeah. mindset and all of well, that. Exactly. I'm curious what it was before that, but that's that's a crazy stat. Well, they also said that 70 percent of the C-suite uh, was considered quitting because they wanted to find a job that w- responded better to their mental health and well being. So lots of people feeling the strain in the post-COVID world. Now, I know this is 2022 and that things have changed rapidly, but there's it's not like we're just completely out from this, that this is old and outdated. I just wanted to use a full year that was reporting. It, it, remi- it reminded a lot of people that, hey, you know what? Uh, well, not just, you know, I could die at any moment of a sickness or whatever, mm-hmm. but also I don't have to do what I've been doing because, yes. you know, it, it reminded people they don't have the job security. This is a different topic. We've talked about this stuff before, but they don't have the job security. They thought they did. Yeah. Right. If, and if, if my job doesn't give me the security, I thought I did. Might as well do what I want to do. It what a, It's almost <laughs> like they were uh, believing a lie. Weird. Anyways. Um, yeah. We're, we're, I'm about to default into fear there, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, which we will talk about in a little bit, but okay. So that's where you see burnout. Now, if you're a person that's listening to this and you're like, you can relate to some of that, then you're going to be really, uh, you're going to benefit a for, lot from this. And, and burnout there, you know, burnout in 
middle management because middle management is, and this isn't hitting on anybody who's in middle management because a lot of people can be in middle management and love their job and love what they do. But middle management is also like an American colloquialism for, you know, I'm, I don't matter and I don't enjoy what I do. Right. Right. Cause that's where a lot of people end up and they're, and they're in a place that it's like, how did I get here and why am I here? I guess this is as far as my mm-hmm. life or career is going to go. And so a lot of people can relate to burnout or a lack of energy in that area, but energy budget also applies to everything that you do. Mm. Even the things that you care about deeply, even things that energize you, you need to have an awareness of energy budget. Very good. So if you're the person that you're just dragging through things, every time you sit down on the couch, you fall asleep. And then one day you wake up and you feel amazing, or you could just constantly be in a state where you're just always tired. I think that's a lot of people out there. We're going we're gonna to highlight some reasons why that is. Yeah, so why don't we jump into do it. energy budget? Well, first off, uh, what is energy budget? Okay, Budget implies in itself that there is a finite amount, mm-hmm. right? Like you have a budget for money because you have money and you can use the money correctly and take care of everything that you need to take care of and, and then some mm-hmm. if you budget wisely or if you don't budget or budget poorly if uh, you get paid on Friday and you go to the bar that night and you spend all of your money uh, at the bar, you're going to be poor on Saturday yeah. and you did not budget properly. You spent your money on the wrong thing. So, right, you people can understand how you have a finite amount of time, right? You have a finite amount of time in your life. You're going to die at some point. You also have a fixed amount of time per day, mm-hmm. right, per week. Like, you all get the same amount of time. You got to use, people say, use your time wisely, right? Right. Like, you're only here for so much. You're only at work for so many hours. You need to use those hours correctly. People don't think about their energy that way, right? So, you can understand what a time budget is. Like, I have so much work to do, and I need to get this much work done in this amount of time. Well, I'm going to have to use my time wisely. I'm going to have to work quickly in the 40 hours per week that I have or the 20 hours per week that I have to make sure I can get everything done. Well, you need to learn to think about your energy in the same way, right? Like you have a fixed amount of energy. There's ways to increase your energy, right? And there's ways to decrease your energy. Just like there's ways to, you can't increase the amount of time that you have, but you can become more efficient with Mm -hmm. your time and get more out of your time. When I was working with Nick on this topic, what I, what, the way I introduced it to him is a common uh, mistake that I see men make is they allocate time at the end of their at the end of the day for their spouse, yeah. but they don't allocate energy, mm. right? So I've got to you know, in the evening is going to be my time with my wife, and this is something that I've worked through. Right. And those are, this is why, like, it was very relevant to me. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be this person to where I'm getting to the end of my day and I'm quote, you know, air quotes exhausted. And I've got two hours left in my day and I want to give that time to my wife, but I'm, you know, bankrupt on energy. Yeah. That means I did not allocate my energy correctly. I spent too much energy on the wrong things. I didn't conserve any, any energy for my wife, right. Or for the other things that I want to do. So the, the first thing that we want you to take away from just introducing this concept of energy budget is that you have an awareness to it and that you learn how to understand that I need just in the same way that I manage my time, I need to manage my energy. Mm -hmm. You can get into situations in your life where it's like, okay, I have enough time. Like I was talking about with my wife, like I was uh, introducing to Nick, I've got enough time at the end of the day, but I'm out of energy. Yeah. And likewise, you can get into a situation where, okay, I have energy, but I don't have any time, right? I I over conserved energy. And so like, what I want to do is use all of my time wisely throughout the day and use all of my energy, not go to zero, but go to the level that tomorrow I can start and have the optimal amount of energy to perform optim- optimally in every task that I do tomorrow and be able to continue that process. A lot of people, like 
something that's really important to me, and, and this is a part of energy budget, like understanding the things that restore your energy, is sleep health. Mm. And a lot of people's sleep health, like this could be a totally different podcast, and we've talked about sleep. We talked about, I remember talking about sleep early on in the yeah. podcast. It's something that's always going to be important to me. We should get a sleep expert on, dude. I feel like I we would, could do that. I would love that. We, yeah. totally, we totally could. If we were going to get sponsored by some products, I would love to get sponsored by some of the sleep products that I use because I'm, I'm really into sleep quality right. because I wanted to perform better in life. Yeah. And I realized like, hey, um, if I learn how to sleep better, right? Like it is, it was like very much in the mindset of hacking. Like what if I could get eight hours of sleep in six hours yeah. or, you know, eight hours of sleep in at least seven hours because a lot of people are sleeping for nine hours and they're getting five hours of quality sleep. Yeah. Right. And, and Nick's giving smirking at me because he knows from my whoop numbers, Ugh, the high quality disgusting. sleep that I get. Yeah. It's important to me. I'm saying, how can I refill myself better? A lot of people, because they're not managing their energy budget. For example, one of the best things you can do for your sleep is get on a good rhythm and it's like, go to bed at the yeah. same time, wake up at the same time. Um, every single day, seven days a week, not have, well, you know, on Monday I get up really early cause I, get, I need to start my week and then I, I go too hard and then I'm tired and, yeah. and by Friday I'm exhausted, but then I go out and do stuff I shouldn't do. And then on Saturday I just sleep in and yeah. Sunday I sleep in cause I'm trying to catch up on sleep. And then you, you repeat this process and you go through these, this parabola of energy where it's like, I have high energy days and low energy days yep. and high energy days and low energy days. No one enjoys being sick, right? When you're sick, your energy is just in the dumps. And you're like, man, I got all this time, but I'm worthless, Yeah, right? Like I can't do anything. Well, people don't necessarily go to that level of energy depletion, but a lot of people go through these highs and lows. And what I want is to always have a quality amount of energy to make the most out of my time, right? Because well, just like being sick when you're sick and you don't have any energy and you feel like crap, you're like, man, you know, I got two, like that two weeks couldn't be done sooner. Right. Right. And the, the same way, I don't want to live my life that way where it's like, well, I have all this time, but I'm not getting the most out of it because my energy is low. And so um, I'm, I'm going to give it back to you, Nick, because I know there's some things that you yeah. want to say, but that's just to introduce the topic of energy budget and give you this awareness that you need to be thinking about not just the time that I have, but the energy that I have to go with it. Yeah. And, and what you said to me when you, I still remember it, even though you coached me well over two years ago now. Um, is you said, look, you can have eight hours of energy and have a 15 or 16 hour day. Like, and the, you, you said it, but I don't think you said it quite as directly as this. So I want to make sure that listeners hear it. You talked about, you can go out and spend your money at a bar on Friday night. I feel like that was a reference to your Navy days of seeing lots of your friends do that. You get For paid, sure. you head straight to the bar, you wake up on Saturday, you're pretty much broke, which is where you were at Thursday, but Hey, you had a great night. Right. <laughs> and then you talked about, but you still have time. It's not like you can just fast forward to, to two weeks later when you get paid again. Well, you're making the same point. Energy can be spent the same way that money can, right? But right. once again, you still have time. So just just know that like there, everything that you do costs you energy. We're going to talk about things that fill your that can fill you up and make you more energized, as well as some examples of depletion. But like you need to understand there is a cost to everything. And I know not many of our listeners are 20 years old, and those of you who are 20 years old listening to this podcast, you're some of Nick and I's favorite people. Uh, we love you that you're that age mm -hmm. and you're investing in yourself, Man, that you're more. willing to listen to stuff like this yeah. instead of listen to entertainment and say, how can I be better? I want to be the best that I can possibly be. We love you. But for some of you who are, you know, still 20 years old, this isn't, yeah. you, you have not encountered some of the changes in your energy levels in, in life, right? Like you feel a lot, you feel great energy wise all the time when you get into your thirties and beyond, 
energy is not the same and you yeah. really have to like work hard. Mm-hmm. My wife and I invest deeply into our health, deeply into our nutrition, deeply into our sleep because we want to get the most out of our energy. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do to, so for, you know, Part one is we understand like, hey, I need to be aware of my energy and not just because when I'm not aware of it, what happens in life is like, man, why, why am I not getting very much out of my time? Well, because you ran out of energy. Yeah. Right. And the same way that you ran out of money in a month, it's like, well, that's going to be some really wasted time. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're conserving your energy. Now, what are some ways that we can increase our energy and decrease our energy? Yeah, well, so that's, I mean, that's a great point. We're going to get into the ways to actually increase your energy and really manage your energy budget a little bit later. But I want to, I want to highlight a few things about the depletion. Like, cause we said, you can spend it like money. You can go out and spend your whole paycheck in a day. Things that are going to crush you as you get older uh, and really just for anybody if you go out and you just decide, hey, I'm just going to, and I don't know how many of our audience would be in this boat, but like if you're going to start drinking a bunch and just you know throw your whole schedule off, like, hey, tonight, I was looking at the, the WHOOP report for the whole of the year for 2020, and WHOOP looks at everybody's scores and yeah. has recovery statistics for the whole nation. Very interesting. And the lowest day of the year for people to have recovery, shocker, is a New, New Year's, Year's Day, day. Yeah, right? Because what does everybody do New Year's Eve? Oh, I'm going to stay up way later you know, than normal, you drink know a bunch. I, you know what I will say that I'm uh, like is a positive to point out? Um, you know, Lindsay and I go out to eat and we're, we're, we don't drink, so we're not ordering drinks. And, you know, it's always been that way. And for years, you know, we've kind of felt like, you know, your waiters always look at you funny, especially when you go to like a really nice restaurant and yeah. you don't order drinks when that's like one of the first things people do at these nice restaurants they make really great um, mixed drinks we don't order any of those drinks it's becoming more and more common that people don't drink because more more people are are becoming aware of like really how much it costs oh man um nick and i and our wives go out on uh on date nights together we're gonna go do some indoor skydiving uh coming up here soon together Lindsay and i went to do this the other day and the guy working the counter is like 25 years old. He's like, oh, you got a whoop. And I'm like, yeah, we, we got a whoop. And he's like, oh, man, what have you seen on yours? Because what I've seen is that when I drink, it like really costs me. Mm. And so what was fun, Lindsay and I were laughing about it later. So he's like, basically the uh, synopsis of the conversation. He's like, well, I don't do eight drinks anymore. Now I just do about three because I recover a lot better. Dang. But I say that to say like people are waking up to yeah. understanding things like how alcohol, it's like, well, if you've just never really checked your battery before, which is what a whoop allows you to do. And we'll share a link if anyone's interested in getting a whoop. We're not sponsored by them yet, even though we'd like to be. Um, a whoop is a great tool that you can use to check your battery level. Yeah. And this young guy was saying like, man, I, after getting a whoop, I realized alcohol was crushing my battery level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for, so for a lot of people, if you don't have that, you're just wondering why you're you're so depleted. Then another thing that will absolutely crush you, if you go out and overly exert yourself physically, like there is a delayed cost to that. You talked about how if you're 20, you're not going to really understand this as much. Well, here's the thing that's amazing about getting older. A lot of times you become 30, 35, but your mindset is still like, oh, yeah. I'm 21. Because when, when I was 21, I could run hard for days and days and like my sleep would be all over the place and I knew and I knew this I actually was very aware of this all I needed to do was have one nine hours night sleep 
honestly, no matter what I'd been doing, and I was right back to, I'm like, <laughs> I feel amazing again. Now, Garrett alluded to it. As you get older, that is not the case. And I know from statistics sure. that our audience is, is typically not a bunch of 20-year-olds. So you know that if you go and exert yourself heavily physically, and we're both running a 100-miler, that's going to take days for us to recover. Yeah, we ran, uh, we ran thir- about 30 miles together uh, last week in some we of our preparation and training coming up for a 100-mile race. And for both of us, it's like, you know, we, we on a lot of times on the weekends, we're running 12 miles or 15 miles or 18 miles. But after we ran 30, we're like, mm, I feel a little bit, you know, tired the next day, even though we yeah. got plenty of sleep. Yes. The point is like, we could go down the list of all these things that can deplete your energy. You need to be aware of like, don't just, this is immature, right? This is, you know, what sometimes young people do. Well, I just spend money on my credit card mm-hmm. until it doesn't work anymore. Right. And then they're like, oh, I guess I got to make a payment. I guess I'm out of money. Right. That sounds so foolish. I know people older than me that live that way with their energy. Yeah. Like I just, just keep swiping the card, keep swiping the card. Like, oh man, why am I exhausted? Well, dummy, when's the last time you checked the balance on your mm-hmm. card? Yeah. Right. You need as as you mature, you say, well, one, I need I need to make sure I'm not spending money I don't have. I need to be saving money. I need to be growing my wealth. What are you doing to invest in your energy? What yeah. are you doing to invest in your physical capacity? I really don't enjoy running, and I'm looking forward to us getting beyond this hundred mile run. <laughs> but you know, the one part I do really like about it is the more you get better at running, the more energy you have. Yeah. Like one of the one of the great reasons to run is you'll increase the size of your energy battery. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm interested in doing. And I know that from running in the past, and it's why I'll keep running after this. I won't run as much, but I will continue to run consistently after we complete the 100 miler because running increases the size of your battery. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's, that's a bonus for it. But, but just to get back locked in here, and then there's, we want to talk about opportunity costs as well. The point there was that we talked about a few things that deplete you massively. Here's all the stuff that there's, I would say there's probably a thousand things that you overlook that are taking energy that you don't realize. So like you're taking your kids to a birthday party. Oh, that's not a big deal. Why am I so tired? Think like, about the last time, like if this, if you want to understand if this is relevant to you, think about the last time you, you said to yourself, why am I so tired? Yeah. And that's, I, if you're over 30, you've asked that question. hundred percent. Why, why am I so tired? Yeah. Right. If you were better at understanding your energy budget, here's what my battery percentage is. Here's how I plug my phone into the charger. Here's how fast and here's how much of these different tasks take out of my battery. You wouldn't be getting to your phone being dead and saying, man, why is my phone dead? Yeah. And you know what the king of depletion is? G stress. I'm speaking from firsthand experience. I was never more tired and more drained than whenever I was whenever I was really in my anxious state in my mid thirties, awful. And the, you know what the 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 most depressing thing about stress is, is that it's the biggest energy waster. Yes, massively. Right, all this energy that you put into stress and allow stress in your life, like think about that as money that you wasted on stuff that had zero return in your life. Mm. It's like you just I don't know what the dumbest thing you could buy is, but that's basically. That's basically what stress is. You put all this energy into stress, you allow it, right? It's like having, you know, 10 subscriptions for Netflix. Like you only need one. Yeah. You're not, you're not paying attention to your energy budget. You're not paying attention to your financial budget and you're just wasting money. Nobody wants to be stressed, but we also allow more stress than we should by not being aware of where all your energy is going. Right. Cause if you, if you paid attention to it and you said like, well, I've been doing these same tasks for a while. They used to not tire me out. Why are they tiring me out? Okay. Well, something is 
tapping my energy that shouldn't be, right? I haven't increased my expenses, or at least I don't think I have, and my income hasn't gone down. Why am I suddenly out of money when I didn't used to be? Yeah. Like that would be, you would make that, uh, you would understand that problem and fix it. But people do that with their energy and they don't address the problem. Stress is one of those, yes. the, the biggest things that, you know, like you can get one of those financial auditors that'll help you like manage your money better, right? If I sat down with you and helped you manage your energy better, the first thing I'm going to pull out of your life is I'm going to show you all of the energy that you've wasted mm. on stress. Man, I think that, yeah, that's so many people can relate to that. So, you understand you have a finite amount of energy. Here's what else you have, G. You have a finite amount of energy of opportunities or finite amount of opportunities you can say yes to. The same in the same way that let let's let's make a, a good jump here from energy budget to uh, opportunity costs. Well, in the same way that you can build up a sleep debt in your mm-hmm. life, right? Like if you you know, I, I'm supposed to sleep for seven and a half hours, but I slept for six. And then the next night, like it'll build up. Like you can read about sleep debt. I won't go deep into the topic, but like you can it, over time accrue this buildup of a lack of rest that you need. The more you keep your battery at 5%, like the more and more effort it's going to take for you to recharge your battery. Well, a lot of people go in, go into sleep debt. A lot of people are also in what I call yes debt. Mm, you've been saying You've been saying yes to too many things in your life. Right. And you can't say yes to everything. I love, you know, what my parents said to me when I was younger is you can have anything you want as long as you're willing to pay the price for it. And as I've matured in life, I've paired with that. What Ray Dalio says is that you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything mm-hmm. that you want. Yeah, it's good. You have to learn that saying yes to one thing automatically means saying no to many other things. Mm-hmm. And the more like you, you're saying yes to stuff and you think like, OK, yeah, if I, if I say yes to it, that means I can do it. But sometimes when you say yes to stuff, you're taking away from things that you've already said yes to. And by all the things that you've said yes to in life, you're really going to be 50% or 60% at all these things that you've wanted to do, which will eventually be, in, end up in you failing at all of those mm. things. Yeah, that's right. So good. Opportunity cost is understanding like, okay, I could go down path A. Path A costs $100 and path B costs $200. I don't even have to talk about, you know, what path A or path is let's just say I got path A that costs a hundred dollars or pass path B that costs two hundred dollars. I want to do both, right? And then I can only pick one. How much does path A cost? Mm-hmm. Path A, how much does path A cost? Hundred bucks, that's what you said. No, path A costs a hundred dollars and the path B. Ah, so it's three hundred bucks. No, no, what I mean is to choose path A. You can't go down path oh, right. B. Yeah. So I have sacrificed the right. opportunity yeah. of going down path B. And it'll cost me a hundred dollars. Yeah. And most That's people good. don't realize that. They think, well, if I pay pay three hundred dollars, I can do both. Well, in this scenario, and life gives you many of these scenarios, yeah. it is either A or B, right? Let me give you um, an example of these types of scenarios. There are many things in life that are principle based that you can have one or the other. You can't have both. You can have a great marriage. You can dedicate your life to one woman. You can dedicate your life to having a marriage based upon the way that God designed it and God's principles, or you can have relationships with a lot of women, mm. right? There'll be different types of relationships. They won't be filled with the same quality, mm-hmm. but you can't do both. Yeah. You can have one type of marriage or you can go be with a bunch of different women, but you can't do both of those. It's A or B. By choosing to have a great marriage, I'm giving up all of those opportunities to be with a bunch of different women. 
If I want to be with a bunch of different women, I'm giving up the opportunity mm. to have a great marriage. Yeah. This is understanding opportunity cost. And what a lot of people will do is they'll walk down one of these paths in the same way that when we were talking about energy budget, it's like, well, I, I know I have enough time, but I didn't realize I didn't have enough energy. You'll walk down path A and you'll, you'll keep looking at path B, mm-hmm. right? And you're trying to like, well, I don't want to, I, I, I have the money right? I put $100 into path A, but I have $200 for path B as well. And I'm just waiting until these paths come back together because I want to do path A and B. And you are cutting yourself out of the ability to walk down path A by trying to hold on to path B. Yeah. And and that's so good, G. People don't realize that because they will think that they can split themselves. It's pretty obvious when you use something like marriage or going down two paths because we're so finite. I mean, marriage you know, there's uh, lots of laws and that would uh, allow for that to be broken up. And there's all sorts of things in the word of God that would tell you not to do that. But in a lot of things in life, there's no like morality or legalities or, or laws of physics holding you back. Like you can't walk down two places at once, but you can certainly say yes to two opportunities. And then what happens is like, let's say you could split yourself 50%. Like you said, you're going to, let's say you're all 50% is in on a and all 50% is in on B. Well, even if you get a, a perfect return, you're only going to get 50% of the results. So how do you know if it's an actual, if you've actually gotten the true result of what it could be? So people will go down and, oh, it didn't work out. Well, yeah, of course it didn't work out. You went 50% in. You, you went to the gym and you got a trainer and you did half of what they said. And then you're the guy that comes out and goes, man, that trainer sucks. The gym doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Like the gym's fine. The work, the trainer's fine. You just put in 50% effort and you didn't realize it because you were too divided for other things. What a, what a lot of people want to do, what you're saying is, this is what a lot of people want to do, is they want to split test their life. Yes. What, what, is, split, yeah. what is split testing? Nick and I encounter this in, in the way that we're trying to help more people get value out of what we're doing. Right? You could experience this in any type of sales for your business. You could experience this in diet programs. Split testing would be, hey, Nick and I have a, offer to come learn about our program, Mindset Mastery, which many of you have heard about and many of you are enjoying with us. Many of you are seeing the great value of investing in yourself and going to a deeper level of personal growth and development with other people who are on the same path as you, right? Nick and I have different ways for people to hear about that. And so we split test that by say like, let's, let's try to tell people about it this way and present mm-hmm. this offer. And then that, that's one way to do it. And then, well, let's try this other way over here. We'll, we'll present this opportunity and give them this offer and let's see which one performs better. Right. That's split testing. Mm-hmm. You could, uh, a trainer can say like, I'm going to take 10 of my clients and put them on this workout routine and this diet. And I'm going to take 10 of my clients and put them on this workout routine and this diet. And let's see which one performs better. That's yeah. what split testing is, right. right? Let's try both. You can't split test your life. Right. Like, right. Like when I was 18 years old, I couldn't say, well, I want to do an MBA and the SEAL program. Mm-hmm. I want to do a career and the military, right? I want to do both, Yeah. right? I can't do that. I By choosing to walk the SEAL path, I said no to a different path. Yeah. But what a, what a lot of people do is they either don't choose a path mm-hmm. because they, they, they're scared of saying no to a, a certain path and they want to say yes to everything, or you walk down that path and you're spending all of this energy and you're not getting enough uh, you're not walking far enough down your opportunity because you keep looking at the thing that you let go of. Yeah. Right. And you may be walking down, maybe path A for you is actually like the best path for your life, but you spend all your time thinking about, man, was path B the better path? Yep. You've already committed to path A. Yeah. This is, this comes back to for like, what is that fear? It's one of the most common fears, fear of missing out. Right. Right. But this comes back to me, the fear of 
but the the original one of the original fears in my life that I that I said I'm not going to be that way of my friends standing on the diving board and mm-hmm. being stuck. I see so many people because of fear of missing out and associated opportunity cost that they'll they never become who they're supposed to be. They never get into the pool with their friends because they spend all of their time thinking about did I choose the right path? Mm, yeah. Right. I you know what I want to do if I'm wrong I want to be a hundred percent wrong. Right. I don't want to because I don't want to be fifty percent right. Yeah. If like I'm going to say this I think this is the best path. I've spent time on it. I've meditated. I sat here at the fork in the road and, and said, God, which way am I supposed to go? Mm. And I and I got clarity and I got wisdom. I said, okay, I'm going to go 100% down that road. I'm not going to get halfway down that road and look back. And this is, by the way, this is the way that the kingdom calls us to live. Mm-hmm. Luke 9, in Luke 9, Jesus says, uh, a man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit yeah. for the kingdom of God, right? A man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God. That's like a, that's a harsh scripture, Mm -hmm. man. Like a guy who gets into farming and looks over his shoulder is unfit for the kingdom of God. It's an analogy. Let me explain this analogy. If you know how farming works and especially farming, uh, with animals, having a, uh, a cow or an oxen pull a plow, the way that these men would farm is they had stakes Mm -hmm. all along the edge of the field that were measured out They're They're seven feet or 10 feet apart. And this field may be a hundred yards across. And when I start off on one side of the field I, and, and I'm, you know, standing right in front of stake number 17, I'm looking at stake number 17 on the other side of the field. And I'm going to stay focused on that stake. That's all I'm going to look at. I'm not going to be looking to my left. I'm not going to look to my right. I'm going to be looking over my animal's head and I'm looking right at the stake at the other end of the field. Because what will happen is if I look at, this is something I like to do is called slacklining. Uh, this is something that you and I'll get into in the future. It's walking on a, a tight line, right? And when yeah, you first start to do this, yeah. if you look down at the ground, your feet will wobble so bad. The way to stabilize yourself is with practice, but also look at the very end of the line. Mm. Look at where, not where your feet are, but look at the very end of the rope, mm. where the rope attaches to the fixed point. And that's what will stabilize you. It's the same when this animal is pulling this trough across the field. If you look at the end of the field, you'll draw a straight line. I've talked about this with a piece of paper. Yeah, if you look that. at a pen and try to draw a straight line, it'll be so crooked. If you take your pen and don't look at where the pen is, look at the opposite edge of the paper and just try to draw the pen to that line, you'll draw a mostly straight line. Or like drawing a straight line is hard. You'll yeah. draw the most straight line by doing it that way. If you'll look at the opposite end of the field, you'll get finally get to the end of the field and you'll, and you'll look back then and look at a very straight line. The reason that, that Christ said no man is fit for the kingdom of God who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is because what happens is when you do that, you can't, you can't carve a straight line. You're, you're going to the left. You're going to the right. You're all over the place because you're saying, man, did I, did I choose the right thing? Yeah. Do, I want, do I still want to do this? Do I want to go that way? Because to do this thing, and what is this thing? To live a life that glorifies God, mm-hmm. to live a life that's focused on kingdom. You've got to be committed. Yeah. You've got to give all that you have. The opportunity cost of kingdom, the opportunity cost of living a life that honors God is giving up a worldly way of doing things. Mm-hmm. The one, the way that I want to live my life is I want to, I want my life. I want my marriage. I want my business. I want everything in my life to honor and glorify God. And what that's going to cause me to do is there's, there's so much in life that I can't control, but when I want my life to honor and glorify God, there might even be some things that I can control that I'm going to give to him. Cause I say, God, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it your way so that I'm going to have faith right? I yes. can't look back. Looking back for me is saying, well, did I choose the right thing? Let me make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. 
I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to look to the end of my path. I'm going to look to the end of my journey. And I'm not going to waste energy. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to hurt my performance by just questioning myself. I'm going to draw a straight line and I'm going to focus at the end of the field. Yeah, that's so good, G. I mean, what you're saying there is if you're a person that struggles with no, the reason you struggle with no is because you don't really know what you want. Like if you have a clear vision and mission and you've got your values, that, that is like your map and compass for life. And it's going to keep you on course. I had something. Uh, really, yeah, you just went through, yeah, just went like through something like this recently. So like people who listen to this know that I, I actually do marketing. Uh, I've got a few companies now. So I've got a digital marketing company. I've got a production company and also what Garrett and I do here on the podcast. And I've also got a very clear vision and mission for my life that does not include uh, becoming the world's greatest marketer. That is not my, my vision or mission. But I, you know, I'm going to be excellent at whatever I do and I'm, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. So at my marketing company, I had somebody reach out to me because they, at once a year, they have five seats on the leadership council. And, and the, the company I work with is, you know, it's, it's very, it's yeah, on it's not a small 1000. No, it's a big company. And we do great work, work with a lot of cool brands, uh, ticket masters, like the big ones that, that you've heard of. Okay. And they, I had a call from one of the people on the leadership council and said, Hey, we've got three spots opening up. I think you'd be great at it. I actually floated your name out to the other people on there, including the CEO. And they all agreed that you'd be excellent for it. You know, if basically it was kind of like, if you go for this, you're going to get it. You just need to put your name in the hat and then you would get it. And I, you know, of course I was honored. And I also sat there and thought about it. Leadership, something that like, I feel very strongly about. I was like, man, this being a chance to influence the culture. There was lots of pluses too. It'd be great on my, looks great on your resume to have been, you know, on a leadership council for a company as big as that. And I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, you know, we've what? got a lot of people listening to this call right now that I think are waiting for someone to call them and say that same thing to them. Right. You know, we see you, right. we've been waiting for you. And now's the time we think if you'll just put your name in yeah. this position that you've wanted, this position of leadership, this position of respect and authority, and more just, money might I add as well. Yeah. yeah. Just put your name in. We'd love to have you here. Yeah. There was a, a lot of people are listening to this podcast, wishing they'd get that call. So why did you say no? Well, I sat there and I thought about it and this is what I'm, this is the point I'm making about having a vision and mission. Like what we do on this podcast, what we do with men's ministry, what I do with my family and with the, the men that I'm intentional about spending time with, that is my life's vision and mission. There's nothing more important to me than what we do. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I know where my life's going in these coming years. And it's not to be the world's greatest marketer. My life is going to be in it to make an impact for the kingdom of God so that I can see as many people as possible have the same experience that I've had of understanding that they were given dominion by God to be fruitful in every area of their life, to be a, the people that can go out there and make it happen and advance the kingdom and know that, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't necessarily know the solution to everything, but I know I'm the type of person that can figure it out, and it's a good thing I'm here, like we said earlier. And I just realized that's what I'm here for, man. I'm here, I'm here to put a bunch of kingdom-advancing world changers and to be one myself. So I said no to the opportunity and it, you know, I'll be honest. I wasn't even sad about it. Like I did think about it. I took a few days to think about it and all it did was just further clarify. I'm like, you know what? I, cause here's what I did. We talk about opportunity costs and we're going to get into this. I sat there and I said, Hey, what's, what would I have to do? And so they told me, Oh, it's just a call once a week. I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, that's a guaranteed hour and maybe even more. And then I started thinking about, I, I heard more about the role. I got some information. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be spending more of my time doing this and, and to commit for it for two years. Like I, in two years time, I see my, myself in a very different place as far as what we're doing and the people that we're impacting, the things that we're able to do. So it, it ended up being a very easy decision because I, I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm about, but it's, it'd be easy to look at, to calculate that and go, okay, I'm going to get a 10% raise with another hour of my time. Right. Right. Well, that's the easiest money I ever made. Of course I'm going to do that. And you know, there comes a point in your life where you have to decide, like, I'm not doing things for money. 
Right. I want the things that I'm doing to make money, yeah. but I'm not doing things for money. Mm-hmm. When I left the military, it was hard for me. I was good at my job. Mm-hmm. I saw a great future for myself. There was a part of me that wanted me to keep doing it. And they, all, one of the things that they offer you at the end of your contracts and that program, it's not every pro, it's only a handful of programs in the military. They offer some really nice bonuses, right? Like more than you make in a year as a bonus. Oh, right? really? They offer some really nice bonuses and they continue to grow as you move along in your career. And they offered that to me, obviously. And I, I said to myself, there was no reason for me to have this conversation with the people presenting that to me that this is a job I ne- like I didn't come to this job for money so it would be foolish for me to stay in this job That's for good. money right and be careful of the things that you say yes to and why you say yes to them so it would be reasonable for you to take that opportunity mm-hmm. right because I mean the amount of money that you would make for the amount of time that you're going to do yeah. it it that That's that would brainer that yeah. would make sense yeah. but you also have to look at but why it's taking me further down a road that I don't want to continue down. Exactly right. Now, this would be a good reason to continue further down that road, but I've already said before this offer came along, I'm not trying to continue further down this road. I know there's something that I've said to you that you've said is one of your favorite things that gets men off course. Yes. What is that? Oh, and that, it's funny. I was actually going to bring that up as well. It's exactly the example I gave. It's a nice tailwind, right? Like the the biggest thing that will, I shouldn't say tailwind because that, that would mean that you're going in the right direction. It's, it's seeing the wind shift and going like, oh, I could go faster that direction. And so what do you do? You change course. Like yeah, this you is turn a boat it into term. a tailwind. Yeah. I'll turn the boat left because I got a I got a hard right to left wind. If I turn my boat to face downwind, I could go so fast that way. A tailwind's the number one thing that gets men off course. Yeah. Right? Like you're going you're already pointed in that direction mm-hmm. and the wind's starting to pick up as just as you're starting to turn the ship and you could say well, maybe I'll just keep going that direction for yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly, because I, I would go faster. And that's what people want. You see this all the time in finance and in careers for people. Well, why'd you get into that? Well, I knew I could make a lot of money. And then you get down five, 10 years, and you stop appreciating the money, like you said. And then you're, you're wondering, how did I get here? And that's, that's the that question. That is how people get lost. You don't get lost by suddenly not knowing where yeah. you are. Right? Lost is not knowing where you are. But you don't instantaneously go from knowing where you are to not knowing where you are, the way that you get lost, the way that you go from, I, I, to right now I know where I am and I'm going to come to a point in, uh, in my life where I don't know where I am. How do you get there? By not knowing where you're going, mm-hmm. right? By just moving, by following interests, like the way people actually, actually get lost in life, like literally get lost in a national forest is they had a trail and they had a map and they got off the trail or off of the map for some common reason. Right, like, oh, we wanted to go see this waterfall, but we we could see it, but it wasn't on our map and it wasn't on our path. And we went and saw the waterfall, and then from there we saw this really nice cliff that we could go sit at by the sunset. And then the sun went down, and I couldn't retrace my steps back to the path. Right, like you went from a good opportunity to a good opportunity to a good opportunity, and then you said, "Well, hold on a second, I don't know where I am." Yeah. So the the takeaway for you guys, and we're going to get into a few how tos on the energy and on the opportunity cost side, but the takeaway for you, it, you have a very limited amount of yeses, and we give you simple analogies like a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars. Here's the thing: you don't know. Like if you have five yeses in life that you can go for. No one's going to come up and say, hey, this will cost you three yeses. They're going to come up and say like, hey, we got this really great opportunity for you. It's this, this, and this. And they're going to talk about all the stuff you could get. They're not going to talk about, 
you know, what it's going to take to get there. Like you got to be somebody that can count the cost of what you're committing yourself to, because otherwise you're going to find yourself, you've given all your yeses away. And that's really the commitment, right? Like the scripture, no man's fit for the kingdom that puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Part of that looking back is like, you know, I got halfway across the field and then I decided I don't want to be a farmer anymore. Yeah. Right. When you say yes to something, you have to understand, okay, I'm saying yes to this and it's going to take me two years to fulfill this commitment. By doing this, I'm saying, by saying yes Yes. now, I'm saying no to any potential opportunity over the next two years because I'm a man of my word. Right. What most people do is like when they say yes, that it's a temporary yes. Yeah. It's a yes for now. As long as it looks this way, I'll I'll stay as a yes. Well, guess what? Nothing's ever going to stay the same. And that's, that's how most people operate. And that's why it's hard to get people to commit to literally anything. Uh, and you know, people live their lives that way. So anyways, the how to's G let's, let's, uh, let's, I feel like we're going to, we're going to head to a wrap, but we're going to give you guys a few very practical things for both your energy budget and opportunity costs for how to solve for this. So number one on energy budget, Garrett likes to talk about the burden of, of, uh, of burden knowledge. Of knowledge. Yeah. It's awareness. The most important thing about the energy budget is now, you know, you know, now you realize, uh, what's been happening when you're saying, why am I so tired? Yeah. Right. You haven't been managing your energy budget effectively to budget right? Is to look ahead. Yes. Right. I have this much money now. I will get paid again in 30 days. I want my next 30 days to look this way. I want the rest of the year to look this way. Yes. So I will do a, B and C, right? That's what a, that's what a budget, a budget has a budget plan, right? You need to have awareness that you need to budget your energy and then come up with a budget plan. Don't just say like, man, I need a budget, but I'm still out of money. Right. Right. No, I need a budget for my energy. And then I need to have a budget plan. So this is how I'm going to manage my energy. I'm not, I'm going to quit coming to this place in my life where I say, man, why am I so tired? Yeah. And don't lie to yourself, man. Don't think that you can put 20 things on your to-do list for the day and still be a 10 for your wife at the end of the night, your sister and brother-in-law who are two of my best friends, they call this giving, giving each other your leftovers. And I think it's such a great statement. Don't give your spouse your leftovers. Don't get to the end of the night and be struggling to keep your head up, count the cost. So, uh, also on energy, very first thing that's going to impact it. We've touched on it so many times sleep. It sounds so obvious, but guess what? Unless you are actually 21, you're not 21. <laughs> like <laughs> you cannot operate the way that I described where I would just get nine hours of sleep and everything. It's really not better. that it's really not that much more time. It's not a whole lot more time. It's just intentionality. Right. Right. The same way that with a budget, it's just be intentional, have a plan, follow the plan. Yeah. Like most people sleep is an afterthought for them. Exactly. I'll, I'll go to sleep when I'm tired. And then I wake up the next day. Like, well, I wanted to stay up till 11. Uh, but I needed to get seven hours of sleep, but I stayed up till 11 and I got to get up at five to start my day tomorrow. Well, I didn't get as much sleep as I should. Right. Like what were you doing from 10 to 11? Probably nothing important. Exactly. Right. It's some intentionality and some discipline to help. And this is not just us trying to tell you, Hey, get in bed more often, right? Like, Hey, quit wasting your time. Most important. Like what I'm saying is manage your time, have a budget for your energy, do what you need to do for, to fulfill your energy budget. Cause my energy budget isn't just so I feel good throughout the day. My energy budget is so that I can become everything that yes, I'm created to exactly. be and that I can actually fulfill my mission. Any leftovers I have after that, I can do stuff with it, mm-hmm. right? If you budget correctly, you'll pay for all the essentials. You'll pay for all the priorities and then you'll have some leftover money to be a goofball with. And yeah. you can do that if you want to do that, yeah. right? Or you can just continue to invest in the future and invest in growing, but don't get it backwards. Now we're going to talk about a few more quick elements, but I've got to say it now. Like the whoop is such a cheat code for this. If you're sitting there going, I don't know what a whoop is. We're going to put a link in the show notes. You can look it up. They're it's big, basically like company. having, you know, on your phone, it tells you the percentage of battery that you yeah. have left. It's a battery. Lo- yeah. Your your whoop the whoop is a 
percentage of battery that you have for how you feel. It'll tell you literally how much juice you got. And and I got to say, I would say it's accurate like 95% of the time, if not higher. There's been like, there was a day recently where it said I was a 43 and I literally was like, nah, I'm way better than that. Like I felt, I felt amazing by and large. It's the opposite way where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a 24% today. I'm going to kill it today. And then like I get an hour into the day and I'm like, Oh man, my whoop was right. So like more often than not, your motivation outweighed your actual energy. Yeah. Because I'm used to being like, Oh, you don't feel it. Well, you know what? You're going to do it anyways. Because if we just did what we felt all the time, you know, we wouldn't be sat here across from each other. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. We'd just both, both be doing whatever playing video games. So the whoop will help you highlight all these to the sleep point. The reason I wanted to bring it up now, the sleep point, I found the most impactful thing on my night sleep, my quality of my night sleep, just go to bed at the same time every night. That's the bi- biggest one. It's not hard. Go to, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, and get some sun. Yeah. Helps with your circadian rhythm. Real quick, some of the other tips for me just on sleep, because this isn't a sleep podcast, but just some of my quick sleep tips. I take a product every night called a sleep strip. Right before I get in bed, it's melatonin, 5-HTP and L-theanine. Most people are familiar with melatonin. It helps your body feel tired, like feel like you want to go to sleep. But a lot of us will feel tired, but our brain won't shut down, especially those of you who have like an active mind, those of you running a business, those of you managing a family. You have all these things in your brain that you can't get it to shut off. You're physically tired, but you can't go to sleep. 5-HTP and L-theanine help your, your brain shift out of those hyperactive brain waves and help your brain go to sleep. I put it in my mouth every single night. Within, I put it in. 30 minutes later, I'm tired and I'm ready to go to sleep. It is like, if I need to go to bed at 9.30, I put my sleep strip in at 9. I know I'm going to go to sleep at 9.30. Not only does it actually work that way, but then it's also become like a sleep uh, trigger for me. Like, I know I put it in at 9 and I start feeling tired as soon as, and then the effects start to... Can we link to that for all yep, the people I can out definitely, there? I can definitely put a share. don't say 5-HTP and L-thionine as a regular... Uh, I can definitely, yeah. There's uh, there's actually no other product that I know of like this that allows... It's sublingual as well. You don't just... It's not like a pill. You put it in your mouth like those of you who are familiar with... Uh, with dip like you put it in your mouth and it's sublingual right it absorbs through your saliva it absorbs a lot faster definitely share a link for that and then i used to be a big uh chili pad fan right it keeps your, your oh, bed man. cool so many of us are hot that. sleepers i'm yeah. a hot sleeper um well chili pad i think has been struggling as a business i i think they're actually going out of business which is unfortunate because i've referred a lot of people to their product there's another company out there we'll put a link in there for that called eight sleep it's the same product i think the eight sleep actually works a little bit better than the chili pad and it'll keep your mattress cool, allowing you to not wake up from being hot and yep. sweaty. P.S. We get nothing for all of this. This is like, and you, uh, you know, or or if you, um, or if you're someone who's like really cold at night, it can also warm you up. Yeah, and, and temperature is the number one uh, impact on the quality yeah. of sleep. It'll also get. save you money on your energy bill. By yes. the way, if you if you live in a really hot area, a really cold area, you don't have to like chill your room to sixty five degrees or to turn your heater on. You can just turn. Make your mattress really cold or make your mattress really warm and you'll be fine. We got passionate about nutri- about sleep, so let's be quick on the other ones. But um, the next two are, are nutrition and exercise, okay? Now, nutrition, once again, thanks to my whoop, I've realized when I have high-carb meals for dinner, dude, my sleep is trash. The, I've, I've started to experiment just having protein, so I'm eating chicken breast and stuff like that. My HRV goes up. I feel weight. HRV is heart rate variability. It's a big uh, impact on your recovery. If you if you have a whoop, you'll see this. Um, and I've noticed, okay, if I cut out the carbs at dinner, man, I sleep so much better. I feel much better the other day. What an unlock that's been for me, right? It sounds simple. The, the but point is awareness, and you know what works for you, yes, right? You, you know to how to increase your energy budget yes. because there's also things that you can eat that decrease your energy budget. Correct. It's like, man, why am I sleeping so, sleeping so good, but why am I so tired? You need to work on your nutrition. 
Lindsay and I spend a lot of money on food, not that tastes good, but that's high quality for us because we know how important it is to invest in ourselves in that way. Yeah. Nutrition, then exercise. We already talked about exercise uh, a pinch about how running can increase your battery, right? Like running, like running and doing cardio and lifting weights are going to increase your longevity in life, are going to help you feel stronger, help you have more of a battery. It, It sounds counterintuitive, but so there's days for me where I'll be tired and at, it'll be 2.30 in the afternoon, and I'm going to go do a quick workout. Oh, it won't be a same. long workout. Yeah. I'll do like a 15- or 20-minute workout. It's yeah. like, there we go. Now I got the energy for the rest yeah. of the day. If you are someone who struggles with energy and you don't exercise, I don't have anything else to say to you until you fix that. Yeah, I, it's as simple as that. And then one, this is one that I love because I don't know a lot of people that do it. The Sabbath. Well, we're not Jewish, so why are we, what are we talking about? Look, there's a reason why God gave us an intentional day of rest. If you are not intentional about rest— you're going to be what Garrett described. And I was this guy. I got the whoop because my I was swiping the credit card all the time until I fell off the cliff edge. And I was like, oh, I got no... Like, honestly, I would start to feel so irritable with that my wife would be like, hey, I um, think you need to slow down. And I would realize she was right. And that was like my safeguard. Not fair for her. Definitely not making me the best I wanted to be. So now, Sunday is our, is our rest day in my family. If somebody invites us to something, we're not available. And it's not anything against them. They're wonderful people. But it's just, it's a day that we intentionally shut down because rest is not just when you're sleeping. Like, you need to have time where you're sitting down. We'll play Nintendo Switch together. We'll watch a movie. We'll play a game. But, like, it's something that's not requiring a lot of brain or physical activity. It's very intentional rest. I also have a list of things uh, that fill up my, my energy cup, like, this sounds weird, but playing video games actually really refreshes me. I don't do it a lot, but sometimes I'll just be like, hey, I'm going to take a half hour because I know it's going to make me feel better. Watching Manchester United with a cup of coffee fills my cup. Reading a book with a cup of coffee fills my cup. Like that, those are things that I come out feeling more energetic for. There's nothing wrong with uh, video games. If there's anybody that's a success story for video games, I, I'll put my <laughs> name in the hat right, for the amount of video games I played as a teenager and how my life has turned out. But I will say that there's also things that are very productive that you mentioned, like reading. Yeah. That it will, like, reading energizes me. If I sit down and just dream and just, like, think about what's possible, like, that's one of the things that I'll do on a Sabbath or when I take trips that are meant to be, like, a restful and a restorative trip. I like to just dream. That that encourages me. There's a lot of productive things that you can do, which is, like, productive and active rest that actually fills you up. That's, I think that's good yeah. on the how-tos for energy. Let's just cut real quick on the how-tos for opportunity cows. We're wrapping this episode up. This is just the, the here's, here's how you fix it, right? Everyone wants to talk about the theory, but then you're going to say, but what do I do, right? We just gave you the what to do on your energy. Have the awareness. Learn what fills you up. Be mindful of the things that pull energy out of you. Stop giving energy to stress. And then opportunity costs. What are some of the how-tos for opportunity costs? The most important thing that you can do, right, beyond having awareness of opportunity costs, the most important thing that you can do to help you in getting down the right path is have a vision and mission for your yeah, life. Yeah, big time. I know where I want to go, and I know why I want to go there. And that's why, like, I, I hope everyone that was listening and heard this story has a lot of respect for Nick saying no to that opportunity because most people would say yes to that. Most people would say like, man, like who gets offered a like big time promotion with respect and all of that, which requires a small amount of work, but more money, more respect, more authority, all of that. Most people never say no to those. Yeah. 
right? Like what kind of person would say no to that? Someone who's very focused and very intentional about where they're going with their life. And Nick knows he's already turning the ship in his life. 100%. And so I'm not just going to take this great tailwind and get a little bit further down the road, which will make it actually harder for me to get to where I want to be in 20 years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, that is the big one. By the way, if you're a person who doesn't have a vision mission in your life and you're sort of like, well, how do I get that? It's not a simple process. We do something called the ideal you that we have offered out to many people. We're going to go ahead. It's on the website if you want to sign up for our next call. It's the impossible.life forward slash ideal you. You can go on there and pick from a couple of the upcoming calls, sign yourself up, and come on with Garrett and I. We're going to teach you this tool that will help you start to cast a forward-facing vision for your life so that you can understand the things that you need to stay no to. So we'll get that up there once again. It's the impossible.life forward slash ideal you. So Garrett talked about vision and mission in your life. What do you want? It's going to help you. And then the other thing is planning. Like how often, one of the things I, I realized about Garrett when we first started doing this, he's so intentional about his time, and I've adopted the same thing. I can tell you where I'm going to be in November. I can tell you when our vacations are going to be. I can tell you what blocks of time we plan for different things in October, like even though this is being recorded in September. I sit down at the beginning of the year with my wife and we look ahead because we understand there's an opportunity cost for saying yes to hanging out with everybody. So we have some very intentional people that we hang out with because we know what we want. We know what our vision is for our life. I'm using these as examples. If you're not looking ahead and planning out, you're not going to really understand what the opportunity cost is of what you're saying yes to because you don't know what's coming down the pipeline. Whereas if you already go, oh, wait, actually, I'm committed to X, Y, and Z. I've got this vacation at this point. I've got this trip planned for something else in ministry. You're going to know, hey, I can't say yes to this. The counter of that is that you're going to say yes, and then that trip that you had already said yes to comes up, and you're like, oh, I can't do it. And then you're the guy that doesn't keep his word. And I don't think anybody out there wants to be that person. So we're going to wrap up there, guys. The challenge for you is to go out and do these things. We gave you a bunch of how-tos on energy budget and opportunity costs. Be the type of person that when you commit to something, your word is good as gold. I promise you the benefits of having that reputation are more than what we can describe on this podcast. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.